things started changing when I wasn't smart enough, I guess I should say, to realize that they were that, that those things were changing, that my life was changing for the better. And then it, after some time, I, you know, it was like I got to looking back and I'm like, wow, things are a lot better than they were. Welcome to Behind My Journey, a podcast that is for our community. In today's episode, I sit down with William Higginson. William's journey is one that shows God can work gradually. And though there may not be an aha moment, God's plan will always prevail. Welcome to this episode of the Behind My Journey podcast. My name is Quinn Eaton, and sitting with me today is William Higginson. William, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well. Thank you for sitting down and doing this podcast. Uh, most of the time, people have a couple of days to kind of get their uh, bearings together in order to answer these questions, and I asked you probably, what, three or four hours ago? About three, yep, so. about three and a half hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> so we are doing a quick turnaround here, but we're very appreciative of you sitting down to share your story. Uh, we're gonna jump right in. Um, a little bit about William before we get started. He's been attending the journey for 10 to 12 years. Yes. Not sure about the, the, about th- the, the three-year yeah. range, but that's pretty close. You're from Mayfield, Kentucky. Yes. And you were a fire marshal for the city of Mayfield. Yes. So you, you've worked, how long have you worked at that position? Uh, 27 years. 27 years, okay, wow. Um, as far as with the journey, uh, you work with the security team as a volunteer. Yes. And then, fun fact, I guess you could say about William, he is a USSA umpire. So yes. you travel around and umpire baseball games. Yes. And what kind of, what states do you cover? Because um, you said you're a traveling umpire. Yeah. Sounds, like, sounds like a band or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I do Kentucky, Tennessee, Illinois, and Missouri. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. And how did you get into that? Because that well, seems like kind of a fun thing to do it on is, the side. It is a blast, I love it. I, um, I have two older boys, I have a 28 and 26 year old, and um, they did traveling baseball for years while they were young. And once they got older and got out of it, I just, I just I, it was in my blood and I couldn't get out, couldn't stop. So I started umpiring and I started doing it locally in Mayfield for a while. And mm-hmm. then um, one of the tournament directors watched me umpire and asked me if I wanted to do some training to move to the next level. And I did, and I've been doing that for the last probably 16 years and I love it. Oh, wow. Awesome. Love it. And what's, uh, what's your strategy for dealing with uh, hecklers or unruly parents? Do you, you have a... Just like turn your turn your head and, and keep going, or I, every now and then I'll ask them if they would you know want to switch shirts with me, and <laughs> you know or you know I've had several to ask me you know tell me I'm blind, and that's when you know I'll ask to borrow their glasses because mm-hmm. maybe their glasses work a little bit different than mine right, do. Right, so, but, right. Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. But uh, getting back on track, how was it that you started attending the journey? Because you said you've been going for around ten to twelve years. So yeah. how did how did you find Journey Church? Well, my wife and I had went to, we attended several different other churches before we came here. We were looking for what our church home. Mm-hmm. We had went to different churches and I mean, we enjoyed them. Don't get me wrong, they were nice. It just didn't click with us. And I'm gonna be honest, the main thing that didn't click and something she brought to my attention was like, we would look at our church programs and nine times out of 10, my church program had either the grocery list or my work schedule to-do list written down because that's about as much attention as I was you know, paying to the sermon. Right. Yeah. And then we had came to the journey, and which we knew a few people that came. And when I, we came, it was, um, Matt actually talked so that I could understand. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I got what he was saying, it, it, he talked to me. And I, instead of writing my to-do list down, I was actually taking notes on the sermon. And, you know, we, like I said, I grew up in Mayfield. I went to St. James AME, and I always kind of, you know, because 
you didn't have a choice. You know, you go to church and that's what you did. That's what you did. You know, so it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't really a choice. It was what you do. So um, when we started coming here, or when we got to go into different, other different churches, um, it kind of felt the same way. Well, I got to go to church Sunday. What are you doing this weekend? Oh, I got to go to church Sunday. That type of thing. And that didn't really, it just didn't feel, I guess, like my church home. Mm-hmm. Again, mainly because I, they, a lot of times I felt like they were kind of talking above me because I just I didn't I didn't always get it. Yeah. And like I said, we started coming here. Uh, we knew, well, we I knew Robert the pastor's father really well beforehand and so um that kind of helped a little bit and once we started coming here like i said when matt was speaking he was kind of speaking he wasn't you know preaching at me you know and so we enjoyed that i enjoyed that you know and so we started coming here and we just it went from there and i really liked the way that you you kind of uh worded that you said "I've, i've got to go to church because yes. I, from the people that I that I get to talk to through the podcast and then just interacting with people as I volunteer at Journey Church, it's definitely something that you look forward to more yes. than you feel like it's an like you're obligated to. Do. Yes. So it's it changes it from I've got to go to church to I get to go to church. Yes, definitely. And so uh, the way that you described that, I was like, okay, because that I can relate to that as well. The journey just does such a great job, and Matt does such a good job with the messages where it does feel like more of a conversation, mm-hmm. and, it, and it made you feel at home, and that was the same way that it felt with me, and it's the same way that a lot of other people that have sat down to do the podcast have described mm-hmm. it, so I think that's a really cool common theme with, with Journey Church. So you find out that you felt at home at Journey, mm-hmm. and you started volunteering. Was that yes. was that right off the bat, or did you give it some time? No, it was not right off the bat. Um, we, we, we did came for a while and just, you know, we came to church. We actually joined a couple small groups and attended them. Um, because of my job, um, it's very difficult for us to attend a small group because I have meetings at three, four, th- sometimes five days a week. Yes. You know, so we never, I never know, and it's, you know, I never know until that week what, what my next week's gonna look like. So it was always hard for us to attend small groups. So, you know, um, our next step, so we, we moved from there, so we decided, let's try serving. My wife actually started before I did. She's serving in the children's. She was serving in the children's, you know, section, and I got to thinking, well, you know, if she's got to get up and go for the first service and then we attend the second service, I'm just going to help out in the first service. So, I mean, which what actually became a blessing because um, there's another young man, Alan Chase, he also was helping serve during the first service, and it was actually a good, you know, we were both working security, so that was a good thing. We could get together, we could kind of talk and kind of get, you know, work out through our weeks and things like that, so it, it actually helped that way as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. and serving at the church, of course, is something that you, you've described as a blessing, and then, of course, working as the fire marshal for the city of Mayfield, that's also a service, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. You're providing the city of Mayfield with that service, and we probably can't go throughout the podcast without talking about the uh, the terrible tornadoes that yes. that ran through Mayfield uh, last December. Yes. Um, as the fire marshal of the city of Mayfield, of course, you're helping with a lot of the cleanup and the emergency response. So can you talk a little bit about how all of that happened and, and how you were able to respond and provide that service to the city of Mayfield? Are you friends to like that night? Uh, you want to start any, there? Yeah, any any way you want to describe it, because I know there is a, there's a lot, and the the recovery effort yeah. is still ongoing. So, yeah. however, however you would like to like okay. to start with it. Which I, I actually live here in Murray. I actually live directly behind the church, <laughs> one block away. Convenient exactly. for yeah, you. Right? you could actually see my house when you look out the back door of the church. But um, which I was at home the night it happened. Um, I mean, I left 
immediately, unfortunately, as soon as it happened. And I want to put a shout out to my amazing wife, simply because when things like that happen, you know, we've had an ice storm. Um, this will be the third tornado that we've had to go through. So, I mean, when things, you know, of that magnitude happen, my unfortunate part is I have to go. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, I had to leave my wife and children at home and head to Mayfield. Um, at the time, it was okay here. About the time I had gotten there, probably less than an hour after I get, after getting to Mayfield, I found out that, you know, my family is now hiding in the, you know, in our bathroom, hoping that it doesn't take off our house because it shifted and was coming, yes. coming, you know, coming sort of kind of this direction. But um, it was an inter- interesting experience when I got there. Um, when I first pulled up, there's no lights. It's completely dark, black. You can't see anything. Um, I had to actually park my truck um, about a quarter to a half mile from City Hall, my office, because I couldn't get up and down the street. You couldn't get a vehicle up and down the streets mm-hmm. at that time because all the debris was everywhere. And so I had to walk in. And as I was walking in, there was other firemen that had done the same thing. And I'm helping we all pack the gear in and we got in. Once we got up there, it was... I mean, that's when it started. I mean, my job at that point would be like, I guess you want to call it search and rescue. I would go to mm-hmm. check out, check houses, make sure people were out if they need help getting out, those type of things. But it was, it was a little scary, but it was an interesting experience. Um, very scary, I guess I should say, because you don't you don't know what you're going what you're getting into at the time. We lost several people that evening. Um, but um, as far as the recovery, I'm gonna skip over to that. It's, um, but as far as the recovery, it, it is moving. It is moving a little bit slow. It's moving a lot slower than what the citizens would like it to. But as far as um, the, one of the main reasons that it is moving that slow is we are trying to make sure we do it correctly. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just do something and then in a year from now, I'm like, oh, maybe we should not have done it that way. We should have, you know, taken a little bit more time. So we're taking our time. You know, the city's actually taking its time moving forward, you know, the correct way and the way it should be. The council's actually working very well with our department, you know, as far as planning to make certain that we're doing things the way we should be doing them and that we're going to bring the things back that should come back the right way. Yes, yes. And anyone that I've talked to you, uh, about the the entire entire thing that happened in Mayfield, um, and of course it affected other areas in, in the Western yes, region yes. as well. But Mayfield was hit m- most likely the hardest, you could say, uh, out of this area. It's just overwhelming. Yes. Um, I was I was able to volunteer through Eight Days of Hope, which oh. a lot of people uh, from the mm-hmm. journey did that. So that was I think one of the cool parts. Uh, of course, there's there's a lot of uh, agony and. And, and things that, that came from that. But one of the cool, inspiring parts was to see all the people that came together to help yes. uh, in those initial weeks once it happened. Um, but everyone was just saying how overwhelming it was. And so how have you been able to kind of stay grounded and stay positive? Uh, because it seems like, you know, you, you do a little bit of work here or there. And then as a fire marshal, you're trying to probably instill uh, hope and, and courage from it, like with people in the Mayfield mm-hmm. area. Oh. So as far as trying to allow people of Mayfield to see the light at the end of the tunnel, what kind of things are you in the process of doing uh, as the fire marshal and then some other duties that you have in Mayfield? How are you trying to portray that light, that positivity? Well, one of the one of the main things that we're doing is we're getting out there. You know, people are seeing, people are able to see that houses are being rebuilt. Um, we are looking at meeting. We've had several different meetings with several different organizations. We've got Samaritan's Hope, Eight Days of Hope. Um, Hopes for Homes, and I may have said their name incorrectly, and I apologize to any organization if I do mispronounce their names, but we have several organizations that are along those lines that are in Mayfield right now. Um, 
trying to help us to rebuild. They're coming through. They're helping with a lot of the cleanup. They're helping. They're helping the citizens get you know prepared for moving forward. Um, that light is there. It's sometimes difficult to see, but the light is there. And I mean, we do have several businesses that are that have already talked about rebuilding. Um, we have one restaurant that has already got their commercial permits in, and they're getting ready to start their footing and get started moving forward with them. Um, we have a couple of couple of the location, couple of businesses that were destroyed, but they've moved to other locations. Um, so the word's getting out for that. Um, so there is light at the end of the tunnel, and, and we are we are moving forward. Right, and. I think that with that process, it requires a lot of faith, and it's going to take a lot of faith to see all those things that are coming in the future for the city of Mayfield. But personally, can you speak on how you found Jesus as your Lord and Savior and created your own faith foundation uh, that you're now using in your job to kind of spread that positivity and and faith and outlook? Okay. Well, as I said earlier, when I was growing up, um, I had to go to church basically. You go to church. That's what mm -hmm. you do. You just go to church. You know, and I didn't have much of a choice. I loved my mother to death, and that was just one of her things. Sunday, you go to church. Mm -hmm. You know, certain days of the week, you go to church. You got Bible study. You got anyway. You go to church. Um, and as I got older, I went off to college, and I would go to church when I'd go home. You know, I went, came to Murray State, and I don't think I went to church very often over here. I'd always go home, and when I go home, if I'm there on Sunday, then I get up, and I go to church. Um, then after I got out of school, I kind of got away from church a little bit and didn't go like I should. I would go every now and then, but not like I should. And then um, uh, went through some changes in my life and then I decided I was gonna go back to college again. And I went to Mid-Continent, which was a Christian-based school, which was, it was amazing for me at that time. It really was. It helped me put my, helped me get my life kind of sort of back on direction. I had someone give me a devotional not long after that and that kind of helped me to get my life straight on a daily basis and then I met my current wife and um, she kind of helped not kind of she helped out considerably <laughs> I'll just be honest she was one of my biggest influences influencers if you want to say and making certain that I was doing the things that I should in the way that I should and um, that kind of helped out considerably because what that did was that kind of helped me realize that as you said there is a light at the end of the tunnel I mean I was at a very low point in my life things weren't going the way they should my money wasn't being spent the way it should I was just kind of here there yonder doing what I wanted to do and um, once I got my life straightened out and got God back into my life the way he should be at all times you know things started going a lot better things were doing better things were doing the way they should be and like with the organizations that are coming in helping in Mayfield um, majority are Christian based and I mean it is awesome you know when you're sitting across from you know contractors in most instances contractors are a little rough around the edges I guess mm -hmm. is a nice way to say it but I mean the majority of the ones that I'm dealing with now are Christian based and I mean it's it's a it's a world of difference to talk to those you know to talk to guys like that and to listen to them and I mean throughout this entire process I've made several several good friends um, that have came in to help and have came back to help just because we had a few, we had a couple um, they came in to help when all this happened and they actually have came back recently and they actually came to church with us last week and wow. it was uh, two weeks ago and it was awesome uh, but um, it's helped in that way it's helped me to see it my journey has helped me to see where I'm going and what I need to be doing to get there and that's also been able to I've been able to put that into my work with the city of Mayfield and sitting where you are today and looking back with hindsight 
do you see any sort of like divine intervention as far as like you choosing to go to Midcontinent, which is a Christian-based school? Like, is, are there those things where you're like, okay, now I see God's path that He had mm-hmm. for me, and yes. and I definitely am on that path now. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'll be. I would never have met my wife. Mm-hmm. We met. I mean, it's one of those um, God puts in front of you. God puts something in front of you, and it may take you. As my wife will say, several years before we finally hit you in the back of the head, because <laughs> at Midcontinent they do their classes are set up where the, the classes are like all the students stay in one classroom and the teachers move. Yeah. So in our classroom it was a U shape. My wife literally sat directly across from me in the U, like every single day for like two years straight. Mm-hmm. You know, she sat directly across from me, and it, you know, it was never a, you know, she just one of my students, you know, one of the students in the class yeah. didn't think much about it at the time, you know, but it ended up, you know. If I had thought about it beforehand, but anyway. <laughs> so, yes, there was some, you know, divine intervention there. He put her there in front of me just for that reason and so that we would meet. And, I mean, like I said, it took a few years because we became real good friends before anything, you know, before we took it to the next step and started dating. But um, not, just with, not just with my wife, but just with my life in general because, I mean, from that point in my life, I can tell a difference in the way things, things went. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always working two and three jobs. You know, I worked for the city, I worked at Briggs and Stratton. At the same time, I worked at Pilgrim's Pride, I was chicken catcher. I mean, I've always worked two and three jobs at the same time, and I never, it was never a thought. It was just, okay, that's what you gotta do. You work two or three jobs, you know, but once, like I said, I got my life straight, got my life organized, and got to working on a budget like I should, and that was one of the things that I learned here. You know, we, one of the classes that they have here at the Journey, you know, and it was a true budget, not just, okay, you know, write things down, but it was a true budget. This is what you gotta spend. This is when you spend it and that type of thing. Once I actually started doing that, things looked a lot different. I mean, I'm, you know, quit working two and three jobs and working one job and, you know, and everything is fine. I mean, my credit score has went skyrocketed. Everything is looking, you know, a lot better, awesome. you know. I mean, I know that sounds silly, but I mean, it, it, it does make a difference, you know. So would you say there was almost an aha moment where you made that decision to place your faith in Jesus and then it seemed like your life became simpler? Yes maybe, and no. In a way, maybe. In a way, um, because it wasn't, it was not a wake up today and things are, wow. It, it was some. It was over some time. Gradually. I, yeah, it was a grad. It was, it was one of those things started changing, but I wasn't smart enough, I guess I should say, to realize that they were that that those things were changing, that my life was changing for the better. And then it, after some time, I, you know, it was like I got to looking back and. I'm like, wow, things are a lot better than they were. You know, I just, it was, you know, it was one of, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was an aha, but it was more of a, like I said, things started changing. And then as time went on, I got to realizing, wait a minute, you know, things have made major, my life has went a completely different route than what it was. My life is a lot better. You know, things are going a lot, things are a lot easier as far as, you know, finances are concerned. I mean, like with the relationships and things like that, which, you know, and those are some of the things like the relationship that's one of the series we're working, you know, we're right. having that church, you know. So, yes. And you mentioned your wife, of course, as being mm-hmm. one of those people that uh, was a key influence for your faith mm-hmm. journey. Uh, who else, maybe even growing up or uh, in the recent years, of course, once you got to the journey, are there some other people that you would say shaped your, your faith journey? And you can speak on your wife more too, of course. <laughs> I'm sure she would appreciate yes. that. Well, she, she's probably one of my biggest influences. She really has been. She, I mean, she has helped me to realize that, I mean, she prays for me every day. Every day she prays for me. And, you know, and it's, 
she has made me realize that it's okay that we can pray anywhere and everywhere. Like when we go to dinner, regardless of where we're at, we'll sit down. You know, before our meal, we'll hold hands and we'll pray. You know, no matter what restaurant we're in, I mean, if we're in the car sitting up, you know, in Sonic's drive-thru, you know, and sometimes, you know, people look at us, you know, but other times it's like, hmm, you know, I've had to, I'm glad y'all do that, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, but, you know, she's made it, made me feel more comfortable and at ease in doing things along that lines to pray whenever or wherever. Um, like I started, it's been a few years ago now, but I started doing a devotional in my office every morning. You know, when I get to work, I do a devotional and actually some of the people in my office have actually joined in with the devotional. But, um. She's she has been the major influence with that. She's helped me to get my life, or helped me to understand that it's you know, it's okay just to be you know to do what you want to do. And I also want to brag on my um, not brag on but speak on I guess I should say my my youngest son. Um, he's he has lots of allergies and has had lots of allergies. He has had some very bad allergic reactions. There was one in particular where he was had he had an allergic reaction and it's just, and he had to be put in a coma for a while. Um, he's been through a lot. Um, with that being said, um, something that I just, it always comes to mind when I think about it, but um, I had a very close cousin that passed away. My wife and I were actually on vacation when it happened, and um, so my aunt called me and said, you know, that her daughter had passed, and, you know, and, <clears throat> and so she wanted me to notify, you know, notify the rest of the family. So I started calling people and telling them I called him, and I told him. And um, we had hung up, and I started calling other, you know, other family members, and, you know, and then I was getting ready to call someone else, and he calls me back. He says, Daddy, can I pray for you? I said, yeah. And so he prayed for me. Wow. And he said, okay. I said, okay. You know, he prayed, and then amen, and he's like, okay, call me later. I said, okay. And I hung up, and I, I just, I needed that, you know, because, like I said, uh, we, you know, we were all, growing up, we were all real close, you know. Was sick, which I was the only guy at the time. But I mean, there was like you know six of us, and we were growing up, and we were all really close. And she was the oldest, and when she passed, it was really hard for us. And like I said, when my aunt called, and then I had to start calling people, it was it was very difficult because I was the second. You know, it was her mm -hmm. and me, and then you know goes down the line. But um, so it was just very difficult. And like I said, I when he called, I couldn't. I mean, I don't even think before he called, I could not even get my phone to work to call. You know, I was just it was like. Mm. You know, so, but anyway, and then he called me back, and I mean, and he's always been, you know, that kid. You know, he's always, he's always been that kid. And so that, that, that has always meant a lot to me, and I've always, I think about that quite a bit. And I, I'm sure it's one of those things where you're very appreciative of him, and especially in that scenario yes. where he kind of uplifted you in a time where you needed yes, him. Definitely. Um, and I'm sure it's vice versa, too. He, he looks up to you yes. uh, to your, for your leadership and, <laughs> and your faith. And so that's always really cool to see, uh, you know, like planting seeds and then those seeds grow and they yes, end up helping you. Definitely. You get to see those things, see those things happen in real time. So um, that's a really cool story. I, I was just kind of caught up in that for a second. But um, so you're, you're doing so much. You're a leader in the Mayfield community. You're a leader of your family. If someone's considering taking action that you that you've taken, so you volunteer at church, you're a fire marshal who is very busy. Like like I said, very appreciative of you taking yes. the time to do this <laughs> podcast. What would you tell people? What kind of advice would you give people whenever maybe their life is crazy or they're going through things that are difficult, or even the story that you you told where you're praying in the sight of others? And some people have a lot of difficulty with that. I, I would go ahead and group myself in a in that where it's hard for me to sometimes let other people know that that's that's the kind of thing that I believe in and I, and right. I, and I pray before mm -hmm. before meals and things like that. So if you had any sort of mantra or 
uh, thing that you live by? What would you what would, what advice or uh, just any anything that you would you would tell others that would maybe help them in their faith journey or being more comfortable in their faith? Something I've you can't you can't worry about what they're going to think what they're going to say. I mean that same thing like with umpiring baseball or with the this excuse me with the decisions that we make. I mean I'm also the supervisor for the code enforcement department, so we have to write lots of tickets to people. I mean they don't like that. Um, umpiring baseball, you're going to call somebody out, and somebody's either going to be mad or somebody and somebody's going to be happy. It's an irrelevant issue. Um, when you go out somewhere and you sit down at a table and you pray. Um, Somebody's going to look at you funny and be like, you know, or, and somebody's going to be, someone also could be like, ooh, thank you for doing that, and then they may start, you know, because they say, well, it's okay if they do it, so, you know, we can do it, you know. Um, so, but you, you just can't worry about what other people are going to say or do with your actions. Mm -hmm. um, you have to live your life the right way. You just have to live your life, and you have to live it the way you think it should be lived and the way he wants it to be lived. I'm sorry, right. I pointed up like you, like they can see. But yeah, podcast is yeah. <laughs> audio only. That's yeah. the only downside sometimes. But yeah, of course, speaking about God, which is a really powerful message, William. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be helped by that. And, of course, I think a lot of people would like to say thank you uh, for your service to the city of Mayfield because I know that it's a really hard and difficult situation, and there's a long road ahead. So... Um, is there any way that people can still reach out to help or any sort of like donation place that you know of that would that would still be helping the city of Mayfield? Because I know, like I mentioned earlier, all of those places came in to help in the initial weeks and months, mm -hmm. but sadly time doesn't stop. It keeps right. going and people have to go back to work and things like that. So what are some things that you could tell people in this area that could still help the city of Mayfield? We are still... Mayfield still does need help, and we will need help for quite some time to come. Um, as far as what people can do, there are still there are lots of organizations out there that are helping, um, volunteering. There are um, if you ever come to Mayfield, there is a um, uh, like at our Mayfield Fairgrounds. There's an organization there. There's also uh, I believe his name is Brother Al Chandler. He has started a group called the Mayfield Graves. Um, it's a Mayfield Graves organization that he has started up. It's basically if you want to uh, volunteer, you get a hold of him. Um, and I'm not certain what his phone number is, but um, you can get a hold of him, and he can um, get you in touch with different organizations that help. Samaritan's Purse is still there helping. Hopes for Homes, um, Eight Days of Hope. There's lots of organizations mm -hmm. that are there that can still use help, even if it's just come in like you come in on a weekend and help them work on a house, build a house for someone. Um, come in and help pass out water or something like that at the fairgrounds. There's still lots of help that is needed. Um, as you stated, a lot of people that came in and helped those first few weeks, which was amazing, which was really, really needed. Um, but a lot of those people, they, you know, people do have to go back to work, you know, so they, you know, donated lots of their time. We're very thankful for that, but a lot of them do, you know, they do have to go back to work. And so, you know, there's always, there's always room for more help. Awesome. Well, of course, thank you for everything that you're doing. And of course, I know you have a busy schedule, so thanks for taking the time to do this. I know this message is going to help a lot of people, William, so we're very appreciative of you sharing your story with the Journey Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind My Journey. If you or anyone that you know would like to have your journey featured on this podcast, send us an email at podcast at journeycalloway.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. And if this message spoke to you, please help us spread the word and share it with others. Until next time, my name is Quinn Eaton, and this has been Behind My Journey.